Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. Markets, speculation, and risk. This is the Chat with Traders podcast, hosted by Aaron Fifield. What's good, team? Welcome to the podcast. Last week, as I mentioned, I released the first ever episode without a featured guest. That's because it was the recording of a talk I gave recently. Anyway, this week, I'm certainly making up for it because on this episode, I'm joined by three traders from the data-driven, options-trading, performance-based fund, Black Pear Capital. If you've been a regular listener since around about mid-2016, then presumably you'll already be familiar with one of these guys, Ryan Moffat. He's the lead investment manager, and he appeared first on episode 83. He's back. Guest number two is Tyler Michaelove, who plays a key role in trade execution and the third guest is Wayne Klump, who heads up research and strategy development. Now, the interesting thing about Wayne is he was a Chat With Traders listener when Ryan was first on the podcast, uh, as I mentioned, episode 83. Ryan made an offhand comment about how they were looking to bring on someone else towards the end. From that, he received something like 200 emails. One of those emails was from Wayne, and now... Wayne's become a part of the team at Black Pear, which I think is a really cool story. Uh, anyway, we talk more about this during the episode. We also talk about mentoring, the benefits of working in a team, the upside to trading options, the unique edges which can be gained from the multiple dimensions inherent to options, an example of how options could potentially improve an existing strategy, and lots more, of course. All right, well, let's get things underway. Here is Ryan, Tyler, and Wayne for episode 146. Yeah, no, I think we're good. <laughs> Guess he's going to fix it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Wayne's getting kidnapped again. Jesus. You know, my chair is really creaky, and I probably need to just get a new chair, but it's been with me through all the thick and thin, so I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I used to, 
when I first started doing the podcast, I had like an old shitty chair that used to squeak all the time too. I used to, whenever I jumped on a podcast, I'd like swap it out for like a chair from the dining table. It was, it was pretty ghetto. <laughs> I've managed to upgrade a bit since then. <laughs> well, I aspire to be like you then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth the investment. But, uh, anyway, we'll get this started. So, um, you know, Ryan, good to be speaking with you again. Um, also joining us on this episode is Tyler and Wayne. So, uh, guys listening, you'll probably be familiar with Ryan. He was on episode 83. If you want to hear a bit more about, uh, his backstory, I, I suggest you, um, check out that episode. It's chatwithtraders.com slash 83. Um, so Tyler, you're also joining us. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, Aaron. How about yourself? Very well. Very well. What is your role at Black Pear? Just Give us a little context before we get into things. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I mostly head up the trading and execution side of things that we do. Um, so most of it's just making sure that all the work that we do on the back end gets put through the markets the way that we want it to. You know, we do all this work and you know, we have to make sure it gets done, put through like we like it should be. And what's your background like prior to Black Pair? Like, do you have trading experience uh, going back further? Yeah, so I joined Black Pier about two years ago. I'm um, going about two and a half and been trading for about seven years. I mostly taught myself how to trade going through college. You know, I was a finance major at the University of Tennessee. Um, and most of the, what they taught there was, you know, fundamental analysis. They were really, really heavy on that. You know, you brought up anything related to technicals and it was just like the, uh, the teachers just like, I mean, the teachers very helpful, but, um, you couldn't come across any good, uh, any good conversations when it came to uh, technical analysis or just anything related to options trading. And so a lot of it just kind of had to be self-taught and kind of through that research is actually how I uh, end up getting in contact with, uh, with Ryan. Why is that the case that they, that most of these teachers um, at, at universities and that type of thing don't have any interest in technical analysis? Is it because they're all believers of uh, efficient market hypothesis? I know we're speaking in general terms here, but I mean, what's your... Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, they see that's the way that it's the conventional model on it's safe. You know, there's, if you put your money in there, you know, you'll probably do well. And it's what they know, it's what they're familiar with. Um, I, I'm not sure that they're entirely convinced that there's other ways to make money in the market that, you know, looking at expanding your horizon, even looking at currencies, options, futures. And, you know, they see them as tools to be implemented in portfolios, but how you actually approach the market, they, they only see that there's a single way to do this. Um, you know, I remember talking to one guy, um, a really smart teacher and helped me out quite a bit to get where I was, but you get talking to them onto like momentum indicators and they'll refer to academic papers and just saying like that the academic papers prove that it's, you know, not actually viable when in fact, you know, we know plenty of people who use momentum indicators to make money day in, day out. So I think it's more just the background that they come from and their learning environment. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the other side that, you know, you can make money through just about any way in the market as long as you put the work into it. And it's just from my personal experience from what we've seen on our end. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like I've got a, a buddy of mine here in Brisbane who is, I'm not sure exactly what he's studying, but it's its something in the field of finance, economics, sort of, uh, you know, definitely hits on investing. And it's funny, like just hearing about sort of the things he gets taught compared to the sort of things that, 
you know, we talk about and, you know, the topics that are covered on this podcast and that sort of thing. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, but, um, so also joining us on this episode is Wayne. Wayne, you're the newest member there at Black Pear. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Aaron. How about you? Very well. Very well. So yeah, just, uh, bring us up to speed. What's, uh, your role at Black Pear? Uh, I primarily head up the research and uh, strategy development side, I'm constantly uh, working on creating new things or finding new edges and uh, looking at the market in uh, different and unique perspectives. Okay. And how did you get onto Black Pear? Like what was your, what was your trading experience prior to uh, joining the team? I started out, uh, my, my first stock that I actually ever owned, my dad helped me purchase when I was 11 years old, um, but I never really took it seriously actually uh, until about five years ago. Um, and once I graduated uh, college, I ended up uh, starting to take it really seriously because actually that's the career field that I wanted to after I graduated. Um, sometimes I wish that I would have taken it earlier when I was in college. but. Um, after that, I started taking it seriously. I devoted pretty much all my being to it. And then uh, eventually, I actually heard Ryan on your last podcast. And that's how I ended up getting in contact with him. Excellent. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a really cool story, man. I'm, I'm pleased that's worked out for you. And we'll probably get into this a little bit further. Ryan, I want to speak to you a little bit about, you know, what's new since we last spoke. I know that obviously when you're last on, you had a hell of a lot of people sending you emails and that type of thing. Uh, I think you made some sort of um, comment about how you were looking for to bring a new person on or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what you said. But um, yeah, I mean, what's new since uh, we last spoke and what was some of the... I'm interested to also hear a little bit about sort of some of the things you noticed from the emails you received from uh, the traders. Glad to be on again, Aaron. It was uh, fantastic talking again. But yeah, when we've had kind of a, a renaissance here at Black Pier Capital where um, it, it, we kind of went from a really kind of a two-person shop, me and Tyler really working through stuff to now uh, we've got Wayne aboard. Um, we've got another operations person and we're bringing on uh, one more person as well. So over the last, I would say, I, I think it's probably been six months since we talked, Aaron. Um, it's, we've grown like crazy. Um, our fund's grown. We've added a, a ton of new clients. Um, and partners within our fund and managed accounts. And yeah, like you said, you know, we, we had a, a small comment on, yeah, we're kind of looking for, and we're always looking for, for good traders um, to work with um, or to uh, mentor as well. And literally I got over 150 emails uh, from traders around the globe um, really asking about kind of what, you know, what kind of we had or offering and what type of coaching and, and things of that nature. And it was very, very interesting because I wasn't expecting that. You know, when we were talking, it was it's really almost uh, almost an offhand comment of, of yeah, we're, we're always looking for that. And, and really what we found is from the emails is there's just so many traders looking to try to expand what they're doing. Um, and also, I think really what resonated with them that I found and what they really kind of told me was, you know, a lot of times, you know, a, a partner at Goldman Sachs or a, a partner or, or lead guy at Citadel or a high, you know, a, a high speed trading firm, it's hard for people to relate to that. Most people, because most people don't work for Goldman Sachs and don't have the pedigree coming from Harvard, Yale um, and, and, and don't kind of relate to that. And, and from where I came from and Wayne came from and Tyler came from and a lot of other traders, 
probably that you've been had on is when you kind of do it on your own and from scratch and you really kind of claw yourself up and teach yourself. That's where a lot of people, I think, listening to you, that's where they're coming from. And really when it comes to like even starting kind of a, a private partnership or a hedge fund, it's, it seems so much out of the realm of someone that, you know, that is in Knoxville, Tennessee or in a small city or that's not in New York or Chicago or Boston or London or Tokyo. And so I think that kind of related to people. And so I got so many emails on traders asking, how did you do it? What did you do? You know, what sort of things are you doing to, to grow? Um, which was fantastic. And, you know, we, we uh, answer every single email I get when it comes to that because I was in the same spot and I had to reach out to my mentors. Um, and when I kind of cold called 50 hedge funds, if, if my two or three mentors didn't reach out to me, then I wouldn't be where I am. So it was extremely um, eye opening to see that. Um, but it is it's it's something where, you know, you can that's the thing about trading. You can do it from anywhere, especially with the Internet the way it is. Um, so it was extremely encouraging to see that, but we talked to a lot of traders and we talked a lot of them about where they are and where they want to be. But also we talked about what it takes to get there. Um, and I can expand into that. And, and some of the guys that we're mentoring now, we've got about four or five incredible, uh, kind of students that we mentor. Um, and they have made leaps and bounds in their trading and it's not due to us, it's due to them doing the work. But a lot of times a mentor is just to show them what the work is or what true deliberate practice is versus a lot of times as a new trader, you're just kind of reaching around trying to grasp at straws because you don't really know what you don't know. Um, so that's that's been, that's been really uh, encouraging for us. We love working with traders. And then from that, just like Wayne said, we got Wayne, um, which was fantastic. And, you know, on a selfish Kind of think that's really kind of what we were working for. When we looked to mentor people, you know, when Wayne came on, we were mentoring them. Uh, we were coaching them and working with them. And it was um, incredible because we have over 150 emails. And really kind of once we worked with Wayne, it you know, you started kind of separating what he was doing versus some of these other guys because the work that he was doing was absolutely incredible. And I know we'll probably dig into a little bit more of Wayne's background. Um, and I can dig into a little bit more of that if, if you'd like me to. Yeah. Well, just before we do so, you know, I want to ask you just uh, speaking in, I guess, general terms from these emails you received, you said that some people were kind of like asking you how you did it. I mean, obviously we did speak about that on the podcast uh, at length, but questions around that, I, I presume, and people were sort of under the impression that, you know, starting a, a fund of some sort is like way out of their league. Did you find that some people had sort of assumptions or limiting beliefs and what they could and couldn't achieve from trading? I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible what you start uncovering when you start talking to a lot of people about what they think they can and can't do. Um, and I, I think one of the biggest things I think everyone does is you put, you have these beliefs and you know, you're limiting beliefs. It's, you're only going as far as those are going to allow you. And you, you hit it right on the head. And I mean, people, when they look at that, they, they think there's no way they can get there. And really all a hedge fund is, is a private partnership. That's all it is. And you get people to believe in you and give you money. And then you work with their money. That's all it is. And when you start boiling it down to just really the simplistic version of it, why can't I do that? If I put in the time and I put in the effort and I put in the hours and I, you know, I put in my 10,000 hours, 
what is separating me from all these other guys? And what you start finding is all those limiting beliefs are, are just that. They're just beliefs. They're just limiting beliefs. And once you start breaking that down, you start seeing cracks in the dam of those beliefs, you start tackling them and you start looking at it saying, okay, well, let me, let me uh, maybe expand these beliefs and see what happens. And that's what we try to do with people we work with is, you know, anything you think you can do, go ahead and multiply it by 10. And at least if you fail, you're going to get way further than if you had the original belief. And so that's really what we try to do with ourselves at Black Peer is constantly tackle our assumptions, how much capital we can get per year. What, what are our assumptions on our return stream? Now, this is one of the biggest limiting beliefs we've seen just in the industry, finance industry, is what you can get on a yearly basis return wise. And if you talk to, I know you guys mentioned kind of more of the finance, uh, you know, professionals and institutions, and they're saying, well, you, you can't get more than 8%. Well, tell that to some of my mentors who have, have annualized 30 to 40 to 50% net after their fees year after year after year. And so this is something that we constantly tackle with ourselves and our beliefs and our psychology, but also um, with anybody we want to work with. Um, and, and you're right, Aaron, that was a huge theme throughout the emails is what people already have made up their minds what they can and can't do. And it's, it's incredible that the people that really succeed, they just allow themselves to, to really go beyond those beliefs or shatter those beliefs and start questioning all of that. And so that's, that's a great point. Yeah, so you briefly hit on it a little earlier, but I just want to go into a little more. You know, out of everyone who reached out to you and everyone you spoke with, why did Wayne stand out to you? Like Wayne's obviously come on board now. I mean, what was it that Wayne did, which was uh, kind of special in some way? Well, the, um, you know, talking with so many people and working with them and, and you know, when you talk to and, and you get emails from 150 to 200 people, you start seeing people in all kind of uh, different scales of where they are in their trading. And, and really what we try to do is, you know, work with people that have, have traded, but they want to take it to another level. They want to take it to a professional level. And, you know, selfishly, we want to do that because we wanted to bring them on our desk um, to, you know, diversify what we have, but also bring on uh, some really good energy, really good talent. So, you know, from those 150, 200 emails, we really talked with on a serious level, probably about 50 people. And really what separated Wayne was he really made it very easy for us to make a decision, meaning he did the work that we needed to see before we even asked the questions. So when I talk about the work, you know, one thing a lot of traders do is, is they kind of do a hodgepodge of different things, maybe um, you know, listening to the podcast or maybe getting a system. But when I'm talking about deliberate practice and being very clear on the goals for what their strategy or system or portfolio needs to do, and then doing the work in order to get there, meaning the deliberate practice in the day by day grind of a back test in order to get the actual results or get a good uh, kind of good example of what results you're going to see talking about the drawdown of a strategy your expectation of results. Is it scalable? What type of liquidity you're looking at? And so something that literally is plug and play. And so when Wayne did that and we really worked with him kind of going through the mentor, it got to the point where there was no more questions to ask. Just bring him on the desk because he did so much work. I mean, 10,000 hours of work on what he was doing. And it was able, very easy for us to understand what he's doing because he did the work to clarify it. 
and then also just all the data points we needed. We are a very data-driven firm, meaning I want to see 50 or more, close to a thousand, if possible, data points in order to show me what this strategy is going to do. He provided that. And anything that we asked for, if he didn't have it, then within a week, he would go through. And when he, when he talks about dedicating his life, he literally did dedicate any free time he had because he was working a job as well in order to do this. And this is really what separated him from the other traders who said they did the work but couldn't provide it or you know, wanted the easy way out. And I'm not saying all the traders we work with are doing that, but there was just a, a very distinct difference in what we saw. And it's the same thing that I saw from Tyler. Um, and hopefully it's the same thing my mentor saw from me is someone who doesn't talk. They just do. They just provide. They just show. They, they kind of work through their actions, not so much with their words. And so it was a really easy answer. And, you know, I don't know if that was a, a specific answer, but that really is what clarified it for us on very easily to bring them on the desk. Um, and then, you know, from that point on, you know, it's a personnel thing, making sure he works well uh, with the team in place. And that's, you know, that's been like gangbusters. That's worked very well. And then I think Tyler's going to, Tyler's going to probably hit on that, just really working as a team. But it's been great since, since bringing him on. Well, let's shift back to Wayne. So Wayne, let me ask you, like, why did you want to become a part of Black Pair? And the reason I'm asking this question is, just to find out a bit more about your motivations and what you saw as an incentive of actually joining, in this case, a fund or a team, and uh, what about the kind of situation appealed to you? Yeah, actually, when it all started, um, I mean, the whole reason I got into trading in, in the beginning was actually an enormous amount of student loans that my wife and I piled up, and uh, I was looking for a way out, and I started I started flipping cars at first because actually at the time I was uh, operating an automotive shop. And so that was kind of the path. But then I started going back into the uh, into the finance world. Um, so anyways, as I kept on going through that, I, I decided I 100 percent committed to the idea that, look, I'm just going to do this for my living. I'm going to do this with my life. I'm going to. And actually, the, the original idea was that I'm going to create a hedge fund myself. And I'm going to do my own thing and build this. And then so when I heard Ryan on Chat with Traders, I'm like, man, this is this is um, already someone that that manages a hedge fund that can help me get going in that in that space. And so uh, anything, I mean, anything it was almost to the point where it was like, OK, well, you know, how many times do I need to jump? What is this? You know, what do I need to do to go in this direction? And, you know, I'll just go. I mean, there was. It was point me and uh, and I'll take it from there. And so that's that's what he did. And uh, I think inevitably, and Ryan can probably speak to this a little bit better, but I think inevitably what it was is I came down to the point where they were kind of like, well, you know, he's going to do this anyways, whether it's, it's with us or not. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where uh, hopefully they saw that me being with them was better. And that's how it kind of branched out. And I was... I was humbled actually when the offering came up that uh, that they they wanted me to join the team, and uh, and actually it's been the best thing ever since. Oh, that's excellent, man. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like you just found someone who was already doing what you wanted to do, essentially. So, I mean, there's a lot you can learn from someone like that, right? Right. I mean, yeah. If you, I mean, in my experience, you know, if you want to do something you can try to do it yourself and learn from scratch um, or you can get someone to help you. And that's why mentors are so great. 
um, you know, mentors can, can, can speed things up dramatically. And actually they're, they do it in ways that seem so effortlessly. And it actually is kind of frustrating because, you know, Ryan and I were sitting there and we, we'd be going into, into parts of my strategy or something like that. And it was like a single, like off the cuff comment that, you know, he didn't think twice of, but was like, Oh, kind of a moment. And you're like, Oh man, I can't believe I didn't think about that before. And so, um, yeah, mentors are, are amazing. And that, and that's what I think. I think you should find someone that is doing what you're wanting to do or has already been successful at it and, and mimic them, but then not only mimic them, but, but, uh, use your personal strengths and your person your personality in combination with what they've done successfully. And then all of a sudden the breakthroughs happen. Yeah. I think that was a really cool comment you made there because I've noticed that as well from doing the podcast, like some of the people I speak to, uh, you know, they just make a subtle comment or it's just an off the cuff comment. Like it's not even really their main point that they're trying to get across or emphasize. And it's just like, ah, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, I usually try and write that down in my, my little notepad if I um, don't forget it. But Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. I want to ask you, <laughs> just totally off topic, how did you go flipping cars? I mean, I haven't spoken to anyone who's, who's tried flipping cars before. How'd that work out for you? Um, I mean, it worked out fine. I mean, it, it, you know, before you know, before, uh, trading and, and options trading and everything, uh, you know, I, I, I was actually a master tech uh, and that's how I paid my way through college. And, and even then it didn't pay for everything through college. Uh, but, um, it definitely helped. And, uh, so anyway, so yeah, I got my master technician through college. And since that, um, they offered me, a. um, as an operations manager after I graduated. And so I did that interim until I became a trader, but, um, I needed this, I needed some extra money because I needed to take care of student loans. Um, not necessarily just for mine cause I had that planned out, but my wife's on top of mine was too much for us. Um, and so I was trying to figure out an extra way to do that. So yeah, so flipping cars. Um, but then, what, what happens, you're still breaking your back and, and the return, the return is great on money if you're doing the right thing, you know, so you can normally, you know, double your money or so. Um, but the volume, the volume is the issue and, and volume in trading is significantly better than the volume in flipping cars. It takes a lot of time to flip, a, you know, a thousand cars. <laughs> Tough to scale. So were you, you were obviously trading options before you came on board with these guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, significantly. I mean, I've traded, I traded my own account for, for many years before I was uh, with Black Peer. And, and before trading options, actually, uh, I did algorithmic trading using uh, patterns and ETFs. 
Um, and uh, that's kind of how I started was algorithmic uh, and and I was you know, very conscious of curve fitting and curve fitting models and stuff like that. And so then I kind of tailored that along with the business courses that I took during college and funny enough, uh, behavior analysis. Um, it's amazing how much behavior analysis and satiation and, 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 and all these terminologies actually provide insight into what the market's doing because, um, you know, in, in essence, it's not necessarily economics per se, like the fundamentalists think. Um, although I think there is a space for fundamentalists, especially long term, but it's short term trading is much more about human behavior more so than um, the actual uh, fundamentals of the market. So you said there, if I heard you correctly, you started out uh, trading ETFs and then slowly gradu- uh, graduated, gravitated towards more option-based strategies. How come? Well, so it's the, the pathway to options was kind of strange, actually. So I was doing uh, algorithms on ETFs and, you know, you start running into um, – so I started running into volatility products because there was an edge on like UVXY, VXX, um, and then also uh, uh, the volatility futures as well. And so as I started dabbling, you know, more and more into these other things, because I'm I'm always trying to look for a new edge somewhere, um, I started running into volatility, and then kind of the epiphany happened that oh my gosh, well if I can learn how to trade volatility and options have volatility priced into them already is there an edge in just trading options and using the volatility inside them as an edge and so i started going into uh you know double diagonals and things like that that can really uh really tweak volatility but then there was you know uh, of course significant complexities into that um, and so that's how it all kind of branched out into options. And then eventually I just kept honing my craft as I, uh, as I learned more people that traded options and I took, I took bits and pieces of how other people were successful in all different realms from day trading to futures trading to intraday to trend to I mean everything. So I just started grabbing all of these things and then I finally compiled them into you know the Frankenstein of what my trading is now using uh, derivative options. Okay, okay. So we'll pick up on options again uh, in a bit, um, Tyler. I don't know if you want to jump in here, but I'd like to speak a bit about the the team aspect, if you will. So you know, you guys are a fund, uh, but there's only a few of you there. Uh, you know, usually when I think probably a common misconception when people hear the word hedge fund, it sounds quite big and monstrous you know you guys are almost like a startup in some ways uh there's just a few of you there how do you use that to your advantage you know with what we do it's we it wouldn't be possible to do do it without the team that we have you know every single one of us has a very distinct personality and something different that we bring to the table you know one of our strengths or one of my strengths might be you know uh a spot where someone uh needs help in or you know like um Every single one of us contributes something a little different. One thing me and Ryan realized pretty quickly when we first started trading together is that there was so much emotion involved with our trades. And what we did is, you know, we just switched accounts. You know, I would trade his accounts, he trade my accounts. And all of a sudden, there was very little emotion involved in trading. You know, we'd look at the strategy and say, okay, this is what we need to do. And we'd follow it perfectly. But the second we were trading our own account, it's like, oh man. 
it was it was just night and day when we made that switch and you know we started adopting more and more of these things uh you know we would start to you know um cover up our profit and loss we'd only look at the market a certain time of day to kind of put these firewalls in place to where we could follow our strategies exactly the way that they needed to and you know as we got to working more and more together over a longer period of time we figured out you know what are uh where my weakness is at where it might be someone else's strength and vice versa um you know for me it's like i have a with my personality it's easy for me to look at a pair of rules that you know wayne comes up with and just follow okay this is what needs to be done this is because i know the work that's gone into it i have the trust in wayne that he's done the work you know we've all vetted the system and you know just execute it the way it needs to be and every single one of us has these uh, different things we're pulling on uh, constantly back and forth to make sure that you know everything that we put in gets uh, uh comes out the way it needs to Right. Now, I'm not sure if this is a good question to ask you, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. We'll see how it goes. How do you guys tackle problems and challenges and that sort of thing? Like, do you have a certain way that you address problem solving? You know, it kind of comes, uh, it depends on in what context. Like, let's say, I guess we'll use um, one of the most recent strategies uh, that we're developing. You know, our most recent strategy that we put into the fund was for a black swan event. So, you know, we want to protect our portfolio of the market. You know, we dropped having 1987 crash, you know, we just gapped down 20% overnight and there's nothing that we can do about it in the meantime. You know, it's always been a, a it was kind of a worry in our portfolio. We want to make sure we had it covered. Um, but the one thing that we really do when we're approaching a problem is just ha- making sure our goals are defined. Cause you know, when we're creating the strategy, there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of ways that we could end up protecting ourselves, you know, but our goal for it was we wanted to have a strategy that had, you know, a 0% drag on our portfolio, meaning that it's not going to take away from our absolute returns in the strategy. And so there's just so many ways that we looked at this and it was, it was a long process to go through, but because we, if we stay focused on the goals that we set for ourselves, which is something that Ryan does incredibly well with like his, biggest contribution to this team is his vision that he has for black gear and his ability to keep us focused on the goals that we're trying to get and as long as we keep on that you know the problems kind of take care of themselves as long as we stay focused on those goals so i just want to pick up on your comment there about the this type of strategy that you've recently implemented uh to i guess protect yourselves in black swan events or to capitalize on a black swan event can you just explain that a little further, like what you mean by that? So with the way we trade, we have mostly, we trade options on broad-based indices, you know, like S&P 500, Russell 2000. And, you know, we have a wide range of profitability to the upside and the downside. But yeah, you have that big downside move overnight gap, you know, we could uh, potentially is where, you know, the biggest hole in our strategy was. And, you know, we want to make sure for us and for our clients that, you know, we actually make money in events like that. And so um, without getting into too many of the details is we created a, uh, a hedge that will just absolutely explode when volatility goes up. You know, it, we have a little bit of movement to the downside, but, you know, it's mostly a volatility hedge that we created. And we've done that through uh, positioning the option structure and the most optimal way to take advantage of that huge volatility spike that you'll get. So, you know, we don't even need that huge 1987 crash to happen. No, it just has to be a larger move in volatility. 
Okay, so how often does this strategy trade? Uh, so this is, it's continuous. It's always on because you can never expect a black swan event to happen. You know, like it, you can't predict, you, you always know that it's going to happen, but you never, you can't pinpoint what's going to happen or when's, when it's going to happen. So you always have to have it on. And, but I mean, it's easy to do. Like the most common example is, you know, buy a put and that will give you downside protection. But buying a put is a absolutely terrible strategy. I mean, it'll protect you and all. But over the long run, if you are constantly shelling out premium and spending money to have this protection, it gets very expensive to do that. And so our whole goal was we wanted to create a strategy that when the market moves down or you have a large spike in volatility, we'll make money that we can have on all the time, but without creating a drag on the portfolio. Now, it, take, it took a, quite a bit of research into this, you know, a, a lot of work on, on all of our parts to develop this strategy. Um, and some, uh, some help from, uh, just any source we could get, but it's, it, it goes to show that, you know, it sounds like it's kind of a not possible to do it. You know, why, why should you be able to have protection for free? But if you put in the work and look for the nuances of the market and just really define your goals and see what you're trying to do, you know, it's possible to create some pretty incredible strategies. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one of the advantages of using options is there's, you know, all these different, all these three different dimensions to the product, um, which is something I want to ask, I guess, maybe Ryan a little bit more uh, shortly. But as we're talking about the the team aspect here, now, you guys are all remote now. I know uh, Tyler and Ryan, you guys were working together up until recently, but uh, all three of you are remote now. I mean, how does that work? I mean, what sort of technology do you guys use to um, stay in touch throughout the day? Um, is there any challenges to doing things this way? And, and why do you even prefer to work remotely? The, uh, I guess I'll, I'll take that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it actually was a fantastic uh, getting Wayne uh, aboard because it really gave us a test on, on what that was going to be like. Um, we, you know, me and Tyler have been working together side by side for the last two, two and a half years. And so going from that to working with a trader that is across the country, literally, um, he's located in Seattle, uh, three hours behind. So it was a little bit getting used to it. And, you know, we really utilize, uh, WebEx. Uh, I mean, we, we crank out WebEx on a daily basis cause we're talking with Wayne all the time. Uh, and so now, um, because of WebEx, we use Slack uh, as well. So those two, two things we really uh, utilize uh, a lot uh, for us. So that really keeps us going. Obviously, uh, you've got Skype as well. Uh, WebEx works really well for us because you can record it as well. So that helps us with any training or anything uh, to that regard. So we utilize those quite a bit. Um, but now with Tyler moving, so he's moving across the country as well, um, there really literally is no change. Um, it is no big deal. Uh, I've talked with Tyler since he's been gone just as much as I talked to him uh, when he's going to be here. And we're looking to add another person here uh, in Knoxville as well. So we'll have another person in the office as well. So we've really got all our bases covered. But the strengths uh, of having people in different locations is, is really fantastic. First of all, you have redundancies. Uh, we have redundancies. We've got traders in, on the East Coast, in the Midwest, and on the West Coast. So literally, if the eastern seaboard shuts down, we are covered in the uh, Midwest and on the uh, West Coast. So it's great for redundancies. Also, uh, just capital raising. You know, when we we are taking on new clients and partners, 
you know, we serve a very specific pers- purpose for our, our partners and clients. But, you know, being in different areas, we're able to get the word out on exactly what we do and how we add value to our partners. Uh, so with the guys being on the West Coast and me being more on the East Coast, it gives us a kind of a lot broader uh, range in order to uh, raise capital and, and help add value to more and more clients and partners. Um, so in two, kind of being away and being in different areas um, and really distinctly different areas, again, all this uh, really with the team, it just brings all different dynamics, you know, and, and Tyler really talked about the team. You know, one thing that we really gain is is just different mentalities, different psychologies, and you have a mastermind network. Basically, the mastermind principle is when we get together, we start talking about ideas and, and Wayne starts spitballing about a new strategy and then Tyler uh, asks questions about vetting it and I'm asking questions about the goal and the vision of it. You start developing. That's where some of our best ideas have come out of. And this is where we really, you know, with with people listening or traders getting together with a group and getting a mastermind group together and start getting people with with similar visions and similar ideas, but different backgrounds and different psychologies. It's just you get incredible ideas that come out of that. And so what we found, and and I think that's one of the biggest reasons that Blackpeer really has exploded over the last six months is because the people we've gotten on board. You know, it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, we had two, we added one, two plus one actually equals five or six because when we get together, those ideas really explode. So being remote really, you know, you, you never can kind of reconvene the, or repackage the energy that you get when everyone's in one room, but we do have a lot of strengths kind of working remote with redundancies and also kind of the different atmospheres as well. So uh, it works very well for us, um, and uh, especially with the technologies you like in WebEx. You know, 10 years ago, we probably wouldn't be able to do it the way we do now. Um, but, you know, timing's everything, uh, and it works very well for us. So, um, yeah, it's worked definitely very well for the last six months. Yeah, I think it's really cool that you guys are able to do that because, uh, you know, it's like what if the best person for the job is not there in the same city that you are? You know, what if they live – on the other side of the country, like um, Wayne does in, in this example. Odds are they don't live where you do. I mean, that's just the probabilities of it. Um, so odds are, and you know, one thing that, you know, with teamwork, I, I kind of want to add as well is just execution wise, you know, Tyler is really kind of our head, or ex- head of execution, but this is very important is, and you know, Aaron, you probably know every trader knows is having uh, basically trade errors, you know, when you're executing. But one thing we've seen when you're working with millions and millions of dollars is you don't want to have trade errors. And so we have a pilot co-pilot system, redundancies everywhere within the trading process, checklists to where we have to have two people looking at the trades, uh, anything being executed at one time. So whether it be Wayne and Tyler, which generally it is, or if one person's out, then I will have to cover and then we'll have multiple redundancies uh, with traders out of Chicago. But what it also allows you to do is Wayne can go on vacation. Like Tyler can go on vacation and they don't have to worry about things being taken care of. And that's why working as a team is incredibly conducive to that is it just makes where everything is covered with multiple redundancies. Because really all this boils down to giving the client and the partner uh, really the best and the most value possible and without any trade mistakes or any errors. So that's what we're trying to do. Okay. So let's say that someone listening to this episode right now. They want to try and emulate the type of setup that you've got on, not, necess- not necessarily start a, a hedge fund and go to that extreme, but they want to sort of get together a group and sort of build a little bit of a team 
where they can help each other out um, and, and do some of the things which you've been describing here. What are maybe some actionable steps on how they could actually put something into place? Like where should they start and how should they go about that? Always, and in, in people kind of get into certain types of trading and within that trading, you start seeing different groups, you know, come together. Um, you know, there's a million different trading groups out there, but what you always find is you find when you're in a group, you generally find people that are really doing the work and, and looking to get better and, and have clear goals on what they want to do with their trading. And that's one thing, you know, I mentioned it with Wayne. Wayne had very, very clear goals on what he was trying to achieve with his trading. And once you get the goal and you get where you're going, the steps to get there start to appear. So I would say when you get with the group, start identifying the people who are going somewhere with the trading. Because a lot of times you get in groups and people just kind of dabble and they don't really go anywhere. And they're kind of doing the same trading they've been doing three years ago and not really having much success to it. And so start gravitating to the people that you find are doing some very interesting things um, within these groups. So, I mean, with us and with the options, um, generally you've got groups kind of around the country where it's of options traders. You kind of sniff each other out and you look for them. And that's what I had to do. I had to cold call 50 hedge fund managers to try to get someone to call me back. But when you're very clear on what you want to do, that's what Google's for, right? You can really find anything you want in any, any way you can. Get out there and start finding people. They don't have to be where you live, obviously, because obviously you can do this remotely. Start finding people who are doing kind of what you want to do or trading the way you might want to trade or trading totally opposite, but they're doing really well with it and start getting a part of those groups and then really start working and getting involved with them and putting out the work and start add as much value as possible to other traders and it will continually come back to you. The more you give, the more you get. And so I think that's what Wayne did. That's what Tyler did. That's what I try to do um, is really add to the groups that you're, that you're a part of um, and make it a group or create your own group. Uh, I think that's a real simple, maybe not easy, but a very simple actionable step that people can take uh, to get going. Hit us up, email us, tell us what type of trading you're doing. Um, we always love hearing from different traders, but it's very, very important to get a little bit outside, I think, of the shell and get other people's ideas. Not saying that you need to trade that way, but it does give you a certain kind of mastermind type energy um, and getting people with, first of all, similar type goals. And I'm not talking about trading goals, but just trying to be successful with what you're doing. It makes a big difference. Yeah. And I've got a Facebook group for chat with traders and I'm not saying this is the solution, but what I'm getting at is that you know, there's people in the group, like there's a few thousand members in the group. So obviously that's no good for what you're describing here, but there's people who have, I know who have connected inside of that group and sort of formed their own little team, if you will, and are sort of helping each other out. And yeah, so that, I guess that's just one example of how you can meet other traders uh, doing similar things. You spoke a little bit about, and I think this is a good point, about how the group has to have a focus and you have to be very deliberate in what you're trying to achieve and the reasons why you're kind of getting together. What's maybe an example of of that? Just so that if someone's listening to this and they haven't really thought about that side of it. Yeah, I mean, having a clear goal on anything is, is going to make it a lot more simple and, and really guide your actions moving forward. But you know, what we found in different groups and the ones that succeed and the ones that fail is just the clarity of what the group is there for. And, you know, 
it, one thing that we found with a lot of traders is they they don't commit to their trading and they don't aren't very clear of what they want to get out of their trading because that's going to guide what type of trading they do or what type of work they put into it. And with the with the group, there's no difference there. So as a group, getting together and even you know simplistic goals of you know we want to we want to take our trading to this level or we want to get or put this amount of work into our trading or find or create a system that creates a certain exposure to the market or a certain equity curve that they want to see. Having those clear goals, it really defines what your actions are going to be. Now, getting a group together and say, hey, we're going to get good at trading. Well, what does that mean? That, I mean, literally, that is very undefined. It's, you know, and you can go and, and really define how a goal is. You want a very actionable, measurable goal. But unfortunately, a lot of groups that get started you know, don't have those type of, of mentalities or goal setting. So again, I would say on anything you do, be very clear on what you're trying to get out of it. Be very direct and very definitive in your actions. Um, and, you know, being very upfront with someone in the group on what you're trying to get out of it. That makes it very clear. You know, talking with Wayne, talking with Tyler, we don't mince words when we're saying, here's what we want to do. And here's the ride that we're on. And whoever doesn't want to be a part of it, they can choose not to be a part of it. And so, but you get the right people on the right bus in the right seats. And it's amazing how fast that bus will go. And that's really when, once you get with the group and you're very clear on what you're trying to do, that's how it goes. You, you, you go light years ahead of if you were just trying to do it yourself. I don't, you know, long answer to a short question, but you know, I think, I think that's a big difference of what we found um, with the groups that really do really well or the trading shops that do well and the ones that don't. It's just the clarity of purpose. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you hit on a lot of really great points there. Uh, so I guess the the last thing I'd really like to go into with you guys is speaking about options. Okay, so your fund, I believe, solely trades options. Now, I don't, I don't trade options myself, but one of the things which I do find quite interesting is how people actually use options. So, Maybe could you just give us a better understanding, help us to better understand your reasons for choosing to use options? Yeah, I'm going to hit just a little bit on this and then I'm going to let Tyler or Wayne uh, kind of interject because obviously they um, are incredibly detailed when it comes to knowing uh, <laughs> very in-depth options. Um, but, you know, one thing that we do for our clients and partners is utilizing options. You know, most people with their um with their portfolios are long, long the market to go up. So we provide a exposure to them of something that's going to do incredibly well when the market goes sideways, down, even gradually up. We give them something on uh, a small portion of their portfolio that does really, really well when the rest of their portfolio isn't. And what options allows us to do is it allows us to create any type of exposure to the market we want. We can be very, uh, very flexible with it. Um, and, and, and what most people utilize options are very simplistic cover calls um, or selling puts or buying puts. What we do when you get into the more complex stuff is you really can, once you under, understand, now it takes a good foundation of understanding that, but you can really create any type of exposure or really a type of equity curve that you're looking to, as long as you're very clear on what you're trying to do. So that's really what we kind of do for our partners and clients at Blackpeer is kind of create that something that that is actually hedging and diversifying their portfolio. Um, and obviously we're only performance based, but so we, we work with that. So 
Wayne, if you want to dive in and kind of give you a little bit more on that, but that's kind of an overview of really what we do, uh, kind of a mindset of why we utilize options. Yeah, I mean, I could take it from there. The, um, you know, there's something there's something about returns as well that, that I want to go into. You know, when you when you buy and sell stock in the traditional two dimensional um, up down model, uh, the the growth of the asset is actually the the, the way that you're going to make your money. Um, you know, whether you buy low, sell high, or or uh, sell high and buy low or um, you know buy high and sell higher I mean it, it doesn't matter you've got to have just that single movement um, but in options the the beauty about that is you can you can sell extra value over that growth because of extrinsic value and options and you can also in some ways you can also leverage the growth underneath if you want to um, take the other side of that extrinsic value and put yourself at a, at a perceived riskier uh, situation. But I mean, there's so many ways that you can manipulate things to gain extra edges. And the fact that there is multiple dimensions and options means that if you know what you're doing, you can get multiple edges beyond what you can do on just a directional basis as well. Or, you know, if you're a value investor, um, you know, and we do do derivatives, but I mean, I've made uh, strategies on single assets as well in, in regular assets. If you are directional on those, you can get extra edges utilizing options. You can even do leap options, which are just long-term options um, that give you the equity curve or the, the exposure that you want, but it's significantly more value, meaning that you might have to risk less to get the same exposure that you would be getting as instead of just buying long or selling short. Um, and you can get significantly outsized returns because it's a, it's a product in itself, unlike um, just owning a, per, uh, owning a portion of the company or owning a portion of the S&P. Um, since it has its own value, the option does itself. Um, buying and selling that, it gives you an extra edge as well. So can you just break it down a little bit more and forgive me if you've already kind of described this, but what do you mean by you can almost create any type of exposure you want? You keep using this word exposure. So what do you, what sort of, what are you trying to get at there? So anytime that you take a stance on a market, uh, you have exposure to either profit or losses, right? So if you are say long the market, basically you're thinking it's gonna go up. So if you're thinking values are gonna go up, you buy the market or you buy, you know, SPY or an ETF or anything like that. And as it goes up in value, you can gain from that. And that's all I mean by exposure is, okay, we're gonna have exposure to growth in the asset or we're gonna have exposure to um, you know, some some downside in that uh, asset as well. And so with options, you can create exposure to um, the long side, but at the same time, because of how, if you can get the complexities of the options correct, um, you can actually gain even if the growth doesn't happen. And so now you're creating returns when you're wrong. So that puts one more edge in your favor. Um, and 
you know, Paul Tudor Jones, of course, always goes back to risk reward. You can really, really leverage risk reward with options because of uh, the the flexibility that they give you. And so if you want your exposure to say, okay, so say you have a long only portfolio, say you got a 401k or something like that. What we do for many of our clients is that they have, you know, a side IRA that they've forgotten about or it's sitting off or whatever. And, uh, and, and they invest with us and we can create with a very small amount of capital, um, something that does extremely well and high, uh, and provides a lot of, value when the market is sideways like um or even just a slow grind up like we've had all year uh and then also when the market starts to come down or reverse say like a 2008 or 2007 not necessarily the crash times but even in the crash times we can do well but you you can offset their entire portfolio with a very small amount of capital and that's the flexibility and leverage that options give and some people cringe at the the thought of leverage but you know leverage you can use leverage in two different ways you can add more risk or you can de-risk by not putting uh, so much capital at risk and can get just as much as returns and that's what options can give you as well okay would ryan or tyler do you guys want to add anything to that yeah, I mean, that's the very simple part of when we kind of talk about uh, exposure is is with uh, different parts of a portfolio. How is it going to make money? I mean, literally, we break the market. We break the market up into five different scenarios. The market can go down hard, can go down gradual, can go sideways, can go up gradual, can go gr- up hard. And so we want to have uh, strategies that do well in one, two, or all of those scenarios. So when we're, when we're uh, building a portfolio of strategies, we need the strategies, just like as a team, we want our personalities to offset each other. Well, in our portfolio, we want the strategies to offset each other. So it's gonna give different exposures to the market. And so uh, pretty much we utilize good risk reward in every single one of our trades. But you know, within our portfolio, we'll say we run three strategies, actually four, including the overall portfolio hedge, but three main strategies. Well, one of our strategies gives incredible exposure within a high, high volatility environment. It just mops up, does incredibly well, but it does struggle with a a market that shoots straight up to the upside. Well, we've got another uh, strategy that does uh, very smooth. It smooths out very returns, but the overall return is much less than say some of our other strategies but it's real smooth, very smooth equity curve. And then we have another strategy, which is actually uh, the one we have kind of pulled in that Wayne has kind of championed. And it's an incredible alpha generator. It takes market environments into context. We take a market stance, utilize the options and give incredible edge. Now, the thing with that strategy is we're right half the time, we're wrong half the time, but the trade management allows it to be the biggest actually earner of any of the strategies. And then what we do is we put the strategies together and kind of utilizing modern portfolio theory to give us the most efficient equity curve with risk award to give us the right exposures for what our goals are for the strategies themselves for the portfolio. And so the nice thing about options is like, okay, well, do I want something that's going to do well in an up market? I can create that. Do I want something that do, does well in a sideways market? I can create that. And so that's really what we do day in, day out is we've got the strategy we utilize. But right now, I mean, in our test kitchen, we've got two or three other strategies that we're grinding through 
to get the data points to see if we want to add them to our trade desk or maybe uh, at some point add them into the fund. Um, and that's all we do is we want to get things to plug holes in our portfolio, but also plug holes in our clients and then our partner's portfolio uh, just to add more and more value. And that's what options does is that it gives you, you know, people always think, you know, you can only make money when the market goes up. Well, that's not the case whatsoever. Uh, it's utilizing options. You can get great risk reward, have less risk, more reward, and really create strategies that do well in really any environment that you can think of as long as you've really done the work um, and got the foundation and, and the strategies to do so. So uh, that's kind of my two cents for it. And that's really what we try to do really day in, day out here at Blackbeard. Cool. Now you said one of the things that the strategy does very well and it takes into consideration is the type of market environment that we're in. Uh, what sort of things does it look at to gauge market environment? Uh, we've got, so we, we really view uh, our, the market through a volatility lens and you know, we do it a, a few different ways through pricing of the options and our positions. You know, we've done thousands and thousands and thousands of different positions. You know, we utilize butterflies quite a bit. So we see the pricing in different environments and the pricing really tells us what sort of environment we're in. But also we take in consideration uh, the market environment with the ranges of the market. Let's say the S&P 500 and the Russell 2000. Uh, we look at uh, different ranges where we're in with that, uh, the ATR. So we're, we're taking in consideration what the volatility and the pricing of the options is telling us, because that's really kind of the undercurrent of what the market makers are seeing. And then we put that really kind of on top and overlay that on top of uh, what the, the charts are telling us or what the different ranges, pattern targets, things of that nature is telling us as well. So we kind of view it through a couple different lenses. Um, but really quickly, you know, with the pricing options in the skew curve, which is getting a little bit more in depth, but we really see that as well with, with the different volatilities going up and down the options chain. Um, and that's getting, again, a little bit more in depth into it, but we really view it from a lens of volatility and the pricing of the options. Okay. And are you ever taking just outright directional positions or has every position got a hedge on? So we are... Uh, within our strategies, we have uh, two of our strategies are very mechanical. So they are going to be, you now they take into different considerations, the volatilities and pricing, but for the most part, they're very mechanical, not really taking the uh, market environment into account. Our other strategy does. And depending on whether uh, what the volatility is doing or what is the environment doing in the markets, it'll take anywhere from a bullish, bearish, or neutral stance. Now, if it's bullish or bearish, it is definitely taking a directional bet. So when Wayne kind of talked about the different edges you can get, the nice thing about options is that you can have three to four edges in your favor. So uh, with this strategy, Jenny, we're right 54% of the time, wrong about 46% of the time. So we've got about a 4% edge that we have with the direction. Uh, the rest of it is really trade management. So on those bets, we're going to have direction in our favor, time in our favor, volatility in our favor. And so on those is when we can get really very, very large winners uh, in that type of strategy. But we will take uh, very directional bets in uh, certain circumstances with that strategy. Okay. So generally speaking, most of your trades have a hedge on, like the directional ones uh, probably make up a lesser portion of your portfolio. Yeah. So, I mean, generally we're going to be, like I said, we're going to allocate a certain uh, allocation to the different strategies. And, you know, when we say something is hedged, 
first of all, our portfolio is always going to be hedged for the black swan event. We'll always have that on. That's going to be overall with the portfolio. With each strategy itself, you know, with each one of those, we're going to have very wide ranges that the market can move and still be very profitable. So, uh, you know, hedge is it's kind of interesting that, yes, sometimes we, you know, the overall portfolio is always going to be hedged. But for the most part, our strategies really take advantage of ranges because um, the market can move around a lot. And the way that we trade, we can take advantage of a massive uh, kind of range um, with most all the strategies. But if we get into where we see opportunities with um, one of our strategies, which, which, which takes directional bets, if we see an opportunity or a confluence of indicators that says we have edge here to take a directional bet, yes, we will. Now, that won't be a large part of our portfolio um, because it doesn't need to be because the risk reward is so good on that that the returns are such so good with taking very little risk that it doesn't need to be a very big part of the portfolio. Just like just like our strategies don't need to be a big part of our client's portfolio because we do outperform with it. So, um, so we do kind of look at that. We do take directional bets. And, uh, but for the most part in all of our strategies, we're going to have a very wide probability range and have several edges in our favor. Now you've brought it up several times. Uh, you've thrown around the term risk to reward and that that's one of the, I guess, advantages of using options is that you can get a great risk to reward you know, you also certainly hear some horror stories about people who have used options and uh, things have gone terribly wrong, obviously, presumably more people who are newer to options <laughs> fall victim to that sort of thing. But, you know, how do you how do you get a good risk reward? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's very easy to get that risk reward um, wrong and um, really do some damage as well. Yeah, Wayne, you want to jump in or Tyler? You know, when I first started trading, you know, I, I got into options and that was very much me when I first started trading. You know, you know, I would think I would have a good risk reward. So, like, let's take a, uh, a credit spread, like a put credit spread. So you'd be bullish on the market. And, you know, there's like a 90 percent probability that, you know, you can make money. That sounds great. That's awesome. But, you know, you may pick up like a hundred bucks awesome. You know, you'll do that for two, three months and then you just get white. You have a big down move and you just get smacked in the face. You, you wipe out, you know, you know, almost that entire couple of months worth of trading. And, you know, you see like, okay, you think you're getting good risk reward on that because you have like a high probability trade, but that might not actually be the case. You know, over a, like over a long period of time, like over the last 10 years doing a, uh, uh, credit spreads, you know, that's a great strategy. You'll make money. But you kind of have to understand that every once in a while, you're going to get smacked in the face. Um, but what we look at, at with the good risk reward is we look at how much cash is actually in the market. So we view everything through the option structures. So most of our trading and research and strategy development, you know, we're looking at the actual structures themselves and saying, OK, how much cash are we putting in the market versus how much what's the absolute max risk reward? And in between that, we're managing the T plus zero line. No, I think that's one thing that at least when I was really got into kind of the professional level of trading is one of the biggest changes I made to improve the trading was looking at the T plus zero line. What's going to happen today and, you know, within the next couple of three days and really managing that line because that's where your, you know, a lot of your risk reward is. Um, and, you know, kind of getting like, I guess uh, another example would be like, uh, I mean, the strategy, I, I think the strategy is just fine. Like doing a covered call, you know, if you own stock and you're trying to generate 
some extra income, selling call against it might not be all that bad idea. But if you're looking on a pure risk reward standpoint, you can do the exact same thing, create the exact same exposure in T plus zero line with a ton less capital. So you can do a bullish vertical and have the same exact risk in the market, be able to make the same exact amount, but you would have all your cash. You don't have to own the stock. So you get to keep all your cash, but you, yet you get to make the same amount of money. So either you can take that cash and do something else with it, you know, maybe do something if the market goes down and make something there. If the market sits still, you can put on another position. So, I mean, this kind of goes back to why we really enjoy options. There's so many things that you can do with it to really maximize your risk award. Let's do this. Let's say that I wanted to develop an options trading strategy of my own. How would you suggest I go about this? Like, what are some of the first things I should do? The very first steps uh, to developing any kind of strategy, um, and, it, and it goes beyond options, uh, but I mean, is you got to know the why. You got to know what you're trying to accomplish with what you're doing. So if if you just go into and find uh, you know options that generate money, I mean that's all fantastic and fine and dandy. But what will end up happening is is you're just going to get a Medusa's ball of things that happen, and they really don't. Um, they really don't work in tandem with anything. So if you can sit there and say, okay, well, my portfolio is long and I want something that's going to, you know, do well in the downturn or, Hey, my portfolio is long, but uh, you know, I want to leverage that. Okay. Well, that's great. You can do that too. If you want something that's going to do well side of it. So anyways, so once you get the why, um, then you can work from there. So like a, you know, a really short example, I mean, some people, kind of joke with me about this, but I'm always, uh, optimizing and I'm trying to figure out a way to develop a, a strategy that does a thousand percent a year. And, you know, like I said, you might laugh, but you know, it really quickly, you rule out certain things. I mean, just by having that one goal, you know, is, is a covered call strategy going to be able to produce a thousand percent a year? Well, I've no, I don't have any record that it can. So then what can, well, I think the only thing that can get that kind of leverage would be, you know, like a, uh, uh, something that's, that's negative theta or sorry, um, you know, positive Vega strategy or something, you know, so then you start leaning you into a direction that you have to go because of the types of returns that you're trying to get or the types of environments that you're trying to produce those returns in. So like during a really high volatility time, uh, you know, flash crash areas or 2008 or, you know, even the bottom of dot coms, you know, these, these crazy swings in the market, um, are really scary for some people. But if you're trying to generate a thousand percent a year, they're really easy in those situations because the market has so much movement to that, that you can leverage movement. Now, at the same time, you can also get your face ripped off because, when you're wrong, it sucks. So that's when risk reward and trade management and honing in the strategies are so important. And then also just like what we do with our clients is position sizing within your portfolio to make sure that you're matched really well on modern portfolio theory, that you're really high risk, high returns types of strategy that you're hopefully developing is you know, a small portion of your portfolio while you have other things that have low drawdown that are going to produce your, you know, bread and butter that just kind of are there no matter what. And you'll get a better equity curve out of that and a stronger portfolio in general. So, 
when you're trying to develop something or when you're developing something in the very beginning, answer the why. Once you've got the answer to the why, then start looking for things that already exist that you can get education on that might get similar results. Okay. Then once you start getting those, then, okay, with the knowledge that you have and the experience that you have, can you utilize any of those in tandem and can you outsize the returns that are there from a strategy that already exists? So if you want a, you know, say a trend following system, you know, that was popular back in the day on equities, um, you know, can you use your knowledge of that trend following uh, style of trading? Does that work on other assets right now? And can that, can that help you? And so once you start piecing everything together, um, at the end of the day, uh, you can come up with a product at the end that, uh, that fits the exact need that you want. But without the need, without the why in the very beginning, you can't even get off the starting line, unfortunately. So that's the most important part. No, I think that's a great answer, Wayne. I actually, as crazy as it sounds, I think as crazy as it sounds, I think that's kind of uh, a good way of approaching. What well, seems to me like a good way of approaching strategy development, like as a way to like almost instantly remove certain things which aren't going to get you your objectives, as a way to sort of filter out um, things right at the beginning, so you don't. I guess, waste time on things which are never going to get you the type of goals or reach the objectives that you're trying to reach. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because, I mean, we've worked with traders that that are frustrated about their results and, um, you know, because they're not getting what they're wanting. And then you just simply ask them, well, what kind of styles are you trading? And then they say, well, I'm, I'm trading this and I've only gotten, you know, uh, uh, you know, 8% or, you know, 10% a year. And you ask them, well, what do you want? And then they normally they have to think for a second because they never quite answered that in the beginning, but some do. And so then you get the, well, I want 25% a year. And they go, okay, well, has whatever you're trading, has it ever done that? And they go, well, no. Well, then of course you're going to be frustrated doing that. So, you know, start looking exactly where you need to go. And, uh, and you know, that can take years um, off the of frustration of your life. So... I guess a slightly different question. Let's say I have a strategy, which I do, which trades the SPY, okay, the ETF. Now, I just trade the SPY, like the actual ETF. So, how – I'm just interested to hear, like, what either one of you would suggest is how you could potentially improve that strategy um, by utilizing options. Like, just speaking and, and I guess – from a high level. I guess the question is kind of getting on to what Wayne was talking about, kind of define and prove. Is that uh, more return? Is that lower risk, lower drawdown? Just what what type of improvement would you be looking for? Let's just run with the example of high returns. Okay. Tyler, you want to get in? Wayne, I can take sure. it if you guys don't want it. Um, <laughs> I guess one easy way that you could do is buying a really deep in the money call. So you can get the same exposure to the SPY uh, with just without actually owning the SPY with just buying a deep in the money call, but it costs it will cost you about half the amount of your capital. So let's say okay now you have half your capital left and you can do whatever you'd like to do with that. Um, so well, I'll pass this over to Wayne. So Wayne, if you had you know half your capital, what would you do with it in the SPY? 
you know, if you're making money off of the SPY, and I'm assuming you'd just be making it on the upside or, or maybe market timing. Is that correct, Aaron? Essentially, yeah. It's a long only strategy. Okay, long only. So if you want to amplify, so now when you go long, um, instead of purchasing the stock outright or purchasing the ETF outright, um, you can do actually very similar to what um, Tyler said. You can buy it deep in the money call and then you can even sell an out of the money call that might flatten out your it, it, it might take away the drag of the of the option decay um and now yes it does cap out the uh, the amount that you can make to the upside unlike having the unlimited returns of having just being long only but then when you get down to it you, okay well then sell a call that you know, 98% of the time, and I'm not saying a 98% probability out of the money, just 98% of the time, the market's never gone that far, you know, from where you are now or something like that. And, uh, and then, so now you can start leveraging those, uh, those ranges that you're talking about. So now you can start getting some, um, some premium decay off of that. And that can also boost returns. And then you can go even heavier on your directional timing in that like, okay, well, the way that you go long is during extremely high volatility times uh, when the market has downturned. So, you know, people will talk about the buy the dip moments, right? Well, the buy the dip moments, what normally happens? Well, in the, in the spy, it's traditionally a springboard, right? You get this build up all the way down and all of a sudden it shoots like a rocket. Well, um, if it shoots like a rocket, you don't want to be in something that caps uh, potential to the upside, kind of like the, the strategy that we were just talking about. So why not in those situations when the environment is, is, is acting exactly like what I was just talking about and those strategies start to, or start to switch over to something that does extremely well in the explosive. So like maybe a, maybe a very light out of the money call, um, that might have a little bit of, of shorts ahead of it that offsets some of the cost of that call. So that way, um, it, it's not too much of a drag. And then what happens is when you get that explosive move, your, uh, your volatility will get pumped up in the call that you just bought. That's just slightly out of the money. Uh, cause it'll, it'll do well in that type of environment. Um, but then as soon as things start slowing down, your shorts will actually start coming in. So it'll offset that, that, uh, that drop in the call. And then you can switch to something else because now your environment changed. Now the springboard is gone. And so you can use, you can all of these in tandem. And, uh, and once you piece them together and, and you have ways to determine and justify the type of environment you're at and you stay very consistent with those, um, and you take into account the ever changing, uh, market internals and how they, uh, how they'll be different tomorrow than they were yesterday. Um, and make sure that your concepts are very, very, very concrete and that literally it would have to break the market in order to nullify your assumptions. Um, you can really, really outsize those returns that, uh, that if you're a long only type of spy buyer. Did that answer your question? Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, it did. It, it really did. I guess probably a little bit beyond my understanding of options. I mean, I'm a bit of a, a self-confessed dummy when it comes to options, but um, I think uh, you've, you've given me something to think about at least. 
um, and probably many others who are listening to this. So, no, I appreciate that answer and you um, you sharing that with us. So, uh, anyway, guys, we should we get on a bit. We should probably wrap this up here. Is there anything either of you would like to add before we close things out? Uh, Wayne Tyler, I mean, I'll add something. I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything. You know, I, I think that uh, uh, what Wayne was talking about last is kind of really underlines you know why we work together as a team. You know, Ryan had asked the defining questions, you know, help clarify what we're working on here, you know, filtered on down through the line to where we, you know, we have a strategy that, you know, we probably could implement. You know, just it's really amazing what happens when you get a group of people together who are working towards a common goal. Uh, it's just it's it truly is amazing. And I'm just happy to be working with these guys. Yeah, the um, I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, we touched on a lot of different things and we did get. And we got a lot more in depth on the option side this time than we did last time, which is fantastic. Um, but I will say, you know, with a lot of traders and we, we had a lot of uh, kind of material, you know, shoot us a message if you, if you want, uh, get in contact with us, have questions or anything, because um, we love talking to traders. If we can help out at all and add value, um, we love doing that. I know me, uh, Wayne and Tyler, we, we love all we do all day is talk shop. We love talking with other traders. And again, we, we always are looking for new traders um, uh, to diversify our desk. Um, and that's something that we're, we'll continue and do. You know, this is a firm that's built by traders and uh, will always be about trading. Um, you know, we unfortunately within the industry, uh, what we've seen, especially in the, the larger hedge fund industry, uh, if you, you know, trader, quote unquote, is a bad word. You know, you've got to be an investment manager. Um, and kind of what we've seen is, is, you know, if you're not a too, true trader and you're managing risk reward, then you're not doing it the right way. Um, we've seen some of the most incredible quote unquote investment managers and they're traders and that's what they are. And that's what we call ourselves. Um, and we're proud to be that. So, um, you know, I will say, you know, from your chat with traders podcast, I received, you know, a huge asset within Wayne. Um, and cause he did the work and, you know, I want to thank you, Aaron, for, for having that. Cause that was a big, that was a big asset and a big, uh, improvement to Blackbeard. So um, I just want to get a, give a, a, a big shout out to uh, to Aaron for having the podcast. <laughs> no trouble, man. Most welcome. Um, okay, very good. And if someone wants to get in touch, what's the best way to do so? Uh, you can hit us up always at info at blackbeardcapital.com um, or uh, you can kind of hit us all up. Um, do you have, you have show notes, don't you, Aaron? I do, yeah. Yep. Okay. If you want to put, you can uh, throw our uh, emails in there as well. You can throw mine, rmoffit at blackyearcapital.com um, as well. And um, But yeah, hit us up uh, anytime. Uh, we'd love to talk about it uh, anytime. Okay. And I know many listeners are on Twitter. Are you guys also on Twitter? We are. Um, uh, Tyler, what is our, what's our Twitter? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think we're, uh, black pure capital LP. Uh, we're not, we're not too active, but we do shoot out some stuff every once in a while on there. If, uh, you know, if we think it's uh, worthy of, you know, uh, sharing with the community. Yeah. And to, uh, yeah, head to our website, um, and sign up. What we do is we, we send out, um, kind of volatility updates. Obviously we dive into volatility quite heavy. Um, but we do send out updates and we send out articles. So you can go to our website, www.blackcurecapital.com. Uh, go ahead and sign up. We have a blog. I think we've got some really good articles on there as well. But again, if anyone uh, wants to hit us up, they can hit, up, hit us up through there um, and sign us up and then we'll uh, shoot some info to them. 
Okay. And I will just mention, actually, in case there's any confusion, black pear is spelt B-L-A-C-K, as in black, and pear is P-I-E-R, correct? That's, that's right. Okay, good. Just checking I didn't get the I and the E around the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, you're good. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you uh, doing this and um, yeah, it's been good chatting. Thank you very much. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thank you so much, Aaron. You've reached the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but rest assured there are more episodes loaded with real market insight and zero hype on the way soon. So to stay updated with each great new release, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next time on Chat with Traders.